We are all in bloom, each day growing, flourishing, changing, each moment through the mundane, the seemingly insignificant, through the heartbreaking and uplifting motherhood shapes us. It all contributes to your story, our story. Join us as we talk all things motherhood, birth, babies, family life, faith, and more. We're just two mamas that run on coffee, live for Jesus, and are passionate about mamas living fully. This is Life Life in in Bloom. Bloom. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Life in Bloom podcast. I'm your host, Faith. And I'm Leah. And today we are going to talk all about blind spots. As women, we often brave conversations about our struggles with mental health, like anxiety and depression. We find a sense of unity in knowing we aren't alone. We champion the idea of vulnerability, knowing that when we can go first and being vulnerable, it opens up the door for someone else to do the same. But what about when our men, our husbands are struggling too? Why does it seem so taboo for vulnerability and men to be in the same sentence? Because the truth is we all have blind spots. We all have areas of our lives that we tend to put on a mask, wanting to look like we have it all together, even if things are falling apart. We all have parts of our story that we try so hard to avoid because maybe it feels uncomfortable to revisit. The reality though, is that God's best for us is never in hiding, but in uncovering in grace, all the bits of our story that need redeeming. So today we're going to have an honest conversation about vulnerability, mental health, and how we as wives can come alongside our husbands for healing and wholeness and walking in the full capacity God has for them. Marriage is a team sport and seeing blind spots can sometimes take another set of eyes. We can't wait to hear the perspective Muda offers as a man, how we can cheer on our men for transformational change and being the men God wants them to be. So friends, we are so excited to be joined by a very special guest today, Muta Mwenya. Yeah. So Faith and I first heard Muta when he spoke at our church, um, Life Church in Grand Haven, and we were both just so inspired by his relevant, relatable insight and the way he teaches the word. Um, Muta is a leader, pastor, and husband, and a father, and probably a whole lot of other things too. So welcome, Muta. We're so glad to have you today. Um, would you like to share to um, share with our listeners a little bit about you, your family, your ministry, what you're passionate about? I know that's a loaded question. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much, uh, both, for allowing me to be on this podcast. This is amazing. This is a great opportunity. And so thank you for even thinking of me. We could have picked anybody else. You guys are surrounded by incredible individuals and leaders, and you chose me. So thank you. I'm, I'm truly, truly humbled. So I cannot wait to get into the subject. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. Weird. See, you guys, I'm so excited to be here. I'm like nervous. Come on now. Yeah. Man. You're nervous. So, We're like dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, number two, I just want to say thank you for approaching this subject because this is a subject that uh, not a lot of people want to talk about. It's true what you said, women, vulnerability. It's amazing. Y'all are just able to broach this subject in any way, shape, or form. But for guys, it is one thing that um, is is truly a taboo subject for us. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you for hitting it head on. And I think there's a lot of people who are going to be impacted by this. Um, like you said, I'm a pastor, uh, planted a church six years ago, never thought I was ever going to be in ministry, y'all, like for real. Like, did not think ministry. In fact, when me and my wife were dating, she asked me explicitly, do you ever want to be a pastor? And I was like, no, why would I do that? She was like, good. I was like, why would you ask me that? She said, because I never want to marry a pastor. Fast forward, we're co-pastoring this church together. So, you know, life happens. Um, But no, married 17 years, have three amazing boys. Uh, We prayed for three boys and we got three boys. And both of us didn't want girls, no offense, girls. But um, (laughs) my sister and our husband have two girls. And I'm like, let them have them. We'll take the boys. And so, yeah, it's it's just been an awesome journey, awesome ride. And again, it's it's great to just be on here with you all. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Muda. I'm a girl mom, so I I'm I'm your three three boys. I'm (laughs) glad to have. I had 
two girls and a boy, and I'll tell you, there is something different about it. And yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to experience both sides of of it, girl and boy. But yes, absolutely. Awesome. So good. So, like you said, vulnerability when it relates to men has somehow become a taboo, like off limits topic. So, Muda, why do you think it has been that way or why or why not? So maybe you might have a different perspective, but why do you think? I think that's a very, very good question. And I would like to say I think it's been a taboo subject and I feel like it's changing. I think guys are beginning to embrace the conversation about vulnerability because I think guys are just tired. We're tired of being tired, you know? And so when you're at this space of life where you're just like, man, I don't understand why it's just not working. You know, I'm doing everything for my family, or at least it seems like I'm doing everything for my family and it's just not working. I'm doing everything at work and it's just not working. You know, I'm trying to be the best of who I want to be. I want to get in shape. I want to do all of this. And it just doesn't seem to be working. And we have to realize that all the things that we think are going to make up who we are or um, everything external that we're looking at is really not the issue. Mm -hmm. The issue is internal. It's here, you know? And I think guys are finally starting to admit that there's something wrong, but for the most part, it's still scary to now have to face yourself. And men are supposed to be strong. At least that's what culture tells us, right? right. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to stand up and be a man. And you're like, what the heck does it even mean? What does that mean? You right. know, like we go around, guys, we'll tell five-year-olds and six-year-olds and we'll say, you, you got to be a strong boy. And he's like, I'm six. I don't know, even know what that means. Right, like, yeah. You know, and so this subject, I think, is something that has been... Uh, avoided because it causes men to expose parts of themselves that they don't want to face because they know it's there. And this is what I I tell with guys all the time when we talk, I'm like, you may want to lie about it. You may want to act like everything is good, but it ain't all good in the hood and you know it yourself, Right. but you don't want to approach it because you know how much impact that's going to have on you personally, because you're going to have to get it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, once you start opening the door, you can't just crack it a little bit. You got to swing it wide open and get to like all the real bits yeah. and parts of what's going on. Yeah. Do you Absolutely. feel like it's that idea of like masculinity, like to be a man, you mm-hmm. cannot be in touch with your emotions or something. Cause that's what it seems like we've created a culture yeah. of men not willing or unable to approach their emotions because it somehow emasculates them Mm -hmm. is that I feel like like you said like we're telling like five six year old boys like man up like like you said don't cry you're a little you're like like a little baby boy and I just do that and so it's probably like in the back of your head you've got that voice saying like man up like don't right don't do that 100% yeah. But I love what you said that you feel like the cycle is breaking and that men are getting tired of that facade and that they're ready to do something different. And that is really exciting mm-hmm. and encouraging. So with your boys, how did you, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess how did it, how do I want to say it? With your boys, how did you kind of break that barrier with them growing up? Because you have older boys, correct? Well, I do. I've got a 17 year old. I've got an 11 year old and I've got a six year old. And so kind of (laughs) spans 10 years, you know, of um, fatherhood and parenting and in different spheres. And can I tell y'all, ladies, just full transparency. I got it so wrong with my 17 year old. (gasps) I did not know how to be a father. I didn't know what it meant to be a man. I didn't know what it meant to um have vulnerability like I just right. can I say it sucked like I sucked on this podcast okay, okay. Right. Yeah, I yeah. sucked as a dad for the first 13 years of his life yeah. you know I didn't know what I was doing you know yeah. I was I was doing what culture told me I was supposed to do I was doing what uh my father showed me 
I was doing what my friends showed me. I was doing what I I was picking and learning from everybody else without really connecting in who I was and how I was made up. And so like my son really got the worst of me. And I'll tell you, it wasn't until um, I just went through this men's transformational experience. And so first of all, I started out with therapy. So uh, there was one time, I'll be honest, I got tired of being tired. Just like I said, (laughs) I was just like, something's just not working. My wife and I, I mean, the first five years, we, we've talked about this publicly. It's like the first five years of our marriage was Armageddon, like yeah. straight. It was, you know, without the physical violence, it was just toxic. It was yeah. arguing all the time. We're trying to learn each other. And I'm like, but I'm the man. You need to listen to me. You know, like yeah. and that's how it was. And then when I realized that it was not only my relationship with my wife that was crumbling but also my career felt like it was crumbling and it felt like um I really couldn't talk to anybody I couldn't connect with everybody because I was afraid of what my friends would think and so when we hung out as buddies it was just like hey how you doing oh things are good oh you know my wife is here she's tripping again she's doing this she's doing but it was just like all of us you could tell with all of us like no there's something broken here guys like there's something that we're not facing. And it was 2010 where I just broke down. I'm like, I've got to see somebody. Yeah. I've got to figure this out because um, my father, as awesome as he was as a father to me, he's also very much from the old school. Like, well, we just really just don't talk about our feelings that much. Right, right. You know, it's just like, hey, you know sorry, son, you know, take it to God, pray. And I'm like, I've done that. And life is still sucking. (laughs) And so I, I literally went and saw therapists. And those were the five greatest sessions of my life. Because I got to encounter myself and began to unlock some things in my world that were suppressed and helped me figure out why I was showing up in certain ways. Yeah. And then I thought, Oh, cool. Five sessions. I'm done. This is great. I'm fixed. Let's go. Get on with the world. Fast forward, you know, 12 years later or 11 years later, 2001, I mean, 2021. And I'm just like going through life. Everything is great. I think I'm doing awesome. Mm -hmm. Things are like, I, I feel like I'm winning, but I feel like I'm hitting the lid in life. You know, I just felt like everything just seems to, I just, I just can't break past this lid and knew that there was something more inside of me, but I couldn't touch what it was. Mm -hmm. And so my friend introduced me to this uh, experience for men and I showed up and I remember showing up and I sat dead center in the room with my arms crossed and (laughs) I was just like, okay, what's this guy going to teach me? And I realized the way I was showing up is the way I was showing up to life about everything. Mm -hmm. I was resistant. I was stoic. I was not allowing anything or anyone in. And mm-hmm. while it looked great on the outside, inside, I was ice cold. And that's all they kept on telling me. They're like, dude, when we look at your face, it's like there's nothing in there. Like you're ice cold. And now get this. I'm a church planter. I've planted a church. I've baptized hundreds of people. I've preached to hundreds of people. And it's like, Everybody would look at me and was like, oh my gosh, you're so nice. You're so kind and you're so anything. And I was literally dead inside. Yeah. Because men, we get really good at creating a facade that is amazing. Yeah. While inside, you know, scripture, the Bible says we're whitewashed tombs. We look good on the inside, but uh, on the outside, but inside we're dead. Yeah. You know? And so um, it wasn't until I went through this experience where I literally had to encounter myself. You know, mm-hmm. there was three parts to it. It was uh, awake, then revealed, and um, divine masculine leadership. And when I was awakened to how stoic I was and mm-hmm. how cold I was, I went back home. I was like, this is what my family has been experiencing. Yeah. Because our families see us more than anyone else. Right. We are so exposed, no matter how much we try to fake it outside, our family see, see who we are. And then when I went back and went through this process of just dealing with past wounds and trauma and things that I literally thought, ladies, was not there. Like, that, I'm like, I'm good. I am good. I'm like, I'm seeing guys over here, like, 
revealing stuff and they're like crying and I'm like, you're so weak, dude. Aww. And I'm like, until I get to my point, I'm and telling you, it was like projectile crying. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like for any guy who listens to this, can we sign them up for this? <laughs> you know, you can, you can laugh at me. You can, I mean, I was that guy. I was literally in the room. Like y'all dudes got issues. Oh, <laughs> And then when it got to me and I got to the point of going back and experiencing and thinking through and working through things that I didn't even know were trauma. And that's the sad part. Yeah. That's the sad part. A lot of things we go through in life, we don't even recognize it as trauma. No. Yeah. No. We just think about it as just like, oh, it's just, uh, I went through that. It's not a big deal. And we don't know that it's created wounds inside of us that have become septic. Yes. Right. But because we're not looking at it, it's just festering. It's like it's in the dark. It's just festering. It's festering. And it's impacting all other areas of our lives. But we're not looking at that one thing. So anyway, this happened. Yeah. And literally, I just fell back. I, I was standing and I just literally fell back and I was weeping. And I never knew that this was the hurt that I was carrying. Wow. This, I'm like, that's it. That's why I, I don't trust anybody. That's why I'm afraid of everything. That's why I'm, because these things that started coming out when all this came out, because I'm like, I'm fun. I'm cool. I'm a church planner. I do this. I'm creative, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But no, I lived my life in fear. I lived my life in constant, um, uh, what is it? Worry. Yeah. And Ultimately, when I was able to divulge those things, can I tell you something crazy happened, ladies? When I was able to see myself fully, see my wounds fully, experience how, I was going to use a cuss word, but how a bad dude I am, (laughs) um, that I was able, because this is the other thing. So it's not just about the vulnerability of experiencing the trauma and and the crying and getting to that point, but then you realize how strong you actually are for having to be able to carry all this stuff and still be alive and still standing. Yeah. And then I recognized that literally my whole world changed color. It was like, I lived life in black and white. And I literally looked at pictures of my children and my wife. And it felt like I was looking at new people. Wow. I was like, who are these people? Why have I never been able to see them this way? I love that you say, you just said, you realized how strong you were when you came to that moment where you were completely exposed, where you were revisiting the worst parts of who you felt you were. These trauma moments, these low moments, that that was when you actually realized how how strong strong you were. Because I think it's the reverse for men. Men think that if they go back to those moments, if they revisit the wounds and the hurts, that it's going to make them see how weak they are. Like, cause mm-hmm. in those moments is when you felt weak, Yeah. but that's not, that wasn't weakness on you. So I just, I really love that. that I is- mean, you're spot on. I, I literally, everyone is afraid of that moment to encounter mm-hmm. the pain. Mm-hmm. but once you encounter it and then you go back and say, but I made it, right. I'm still here. Right. Now you're, the power that you carry is greater than the facade of power that you thought you had. Right. Right. Now there's an awareness of like weakness created strength, mm-hmm. pain created um, a strong callus, not one that is, impenetrable but one that shows that i can take more that life is always going to throw you crap yeah but you can get through it and you can encounter so if you're at odds with your wife you can encounter it you don't have to worry about encountering that tension you can Mm -hmm. actually walk into it and say babe we have a problem here Mm -hmm. if you have an encounter with your kids and he's oh my gosh y'all dealing with my sons flipped the it just flipped upside down my son who we can actually have conversations with as a 17 year old number one i went back to apologize to him for being such a jerk as a dad (laughs) and you know but you know you know what's crazy he remembered yeah 
he remembered how terrible I was. And that was so sobering and saying, I said, he's already creating this facade that it's all good. Yeah. But when I was able to go there with him, he yeah. was able now to get released from that pain and say, oh, it's okay for me to feel this. It's yeah. okay for me to like express to you how scared I was as a kid, how, you know, right. I was, I was always afraid around uh, to be around you. Like it just created this bond and this connection. Now our conversations, like he tells me everything more than I really want to know. Yeah. More than I want to know. I'm like, bro, no, you could just keep that. <laughs> that's amazing. That is- now you've like, you've broken that cycle. Yeah, broken you've cycle. changed it. And even though you feel like those first 13 years were like, whoa, crazy bad. Like he's going to remember now that moment that dad changed what he was doing. Like his facade came off. He he welcomed me into being more vulnerable mm-hmm. and now he's going to go on and do that for other people. Yeah. Just like we yeah. said, vulnerability opens up for other people. And you now same. you're able to heal with him. Like I feel yeah. like a lot of um, parents and children relationships, all of those wounds and trauma come out when it's too late, yeah. when that parent yeah. is gone. Um, and you can't really repair those wounds because someone you know the parents not there anymore the children's child's not there but you can now like heal together and I think Mm -hmm. that that's so powerful that you you had that moment with him yeah absolutely I mean this has been just such an incredible journey uh, and I feel like every man needs to be awakened to themselves yeah Um, it's funny I was sitting down with our executive pastor her stepfather who is you know, well into his seventies now, um, was at dinner with us. And I started talking about some of these, you know, experiences that I've had and how, uh, her husband and I were talking about how important it is for us to really like discover who we are. And I could see him, the, the, her stepfather was visibly uncomfortable Yeah, because this was just not allowed. Right. This was not allowed for them. Mm-hmm. And what it's done now, it's just been, it's just created this generational, um, I don't want to call it a curse. I, I want to call it a stronghold, yeah. you know, this generational stronghold that keeps us men from becoming who God designed us to be, to become the best of who we're supposed to be, to actually even unlock the dreams and the hopes and the passions. There's a lot of passionless men out there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of castrated men out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Their love is castrated. Their emotions are castrated. Their affections are castrated. Their hopes and their dreams are castrated. And they literally live every day, just one day closer to their death. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. The, here's the reality is they're already dead. Yeah. yeah. Inside. Inside. Wow. They're already I dead. Like, and I feel like you people like you and sharing your story is like, what is going to break that stronghold? Yeah. Um, I mean, women feel that too, with the, this, you know, perception that we need to be like strong moms, but I mm-hmm. feel like men, especially it just goes back to their father and their father's father and the father before mm-hmm. them. And it's just years and generations of this message that you guys just need to get over it. Like you're yeah. good. You, be, you take care of the family. You do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. If you're that's fine, handle it, you know? And I feel right. like for me as a wife, I want, I don't, I don't, I don't want that for my spouse. I want yeah. myself to be open and vulnerable and feel comfortable and passionate. passionate. And yeah. Yeah. Living fully in everything that God has mm-hmm. for them. So how do you think we as wives can help our husbands? Like, realize God's best for them, help them move forward in healing, whether that means like revisiting things from their past or taking the mask off. How do you think wives can, can help their husbands in this, this journey? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that is a great, great, great. And I've I've been waiting for that question. (laughs) We know we have a part to play too. We do. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to be, I'm going to speak very frankly. 
Yeah. yeah. Don't mention toxic masculinity to men. Okay. Because they will repel immediately. Yeah. Oh, so you're calling me toxic. Mm-hmm. And immediately they get to that point. Guess what they're doing? They're shutting down even more. Yeah. Number one. And then number two, this is going to sound really sad um, or really disheartening for you. It's going to take other men yeah. to help break your man out. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Though. You know, and the only thing you can do is encourage him to connect to other men and finding spaces where men's transformation happens. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we did um, or what I've experienced through uh, the space that I went to is they didn't bill it as a, like a kumbaya, come discover yourself and learn Mm -hmm. more you know, about who you are, because women will be like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to, I want to go to that thing, you know, expose the beauty inside of me, you know, dudes are like, no, literally, it's like, hey, you want to make more money, you want to have greater sex, you want to have a connection with your kids that you've never had before, you want to actually unlock the dreams and hopes that you have in your life, dudes are like, yep, signing up, and then when they get there, they're like, Wait a minute. (laughs) What is that what I signed up for? (laughs) You know, and literally that happened to a lot of guys. It was just like they would get there and they're like, wait, I want to (laughs) leave. The interesting thing is in those rooms, can I tell you, in those rooms were Fortune 500 or Fortune 100, the ones I was in, uh, Fortune 100 company CEOs, entrepreneurs, seven-figure earners, all the way down to guys who literally just got released from prison three months ago. And what we discovered is every man in there had the same hurt, had the same pain, had the same wounds. Wow. And it literally was level ground. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you're, the, the seven figure earner is talking about experiences that happened to him as a kid. And the guy who just released from prison looks at him and literally just starts crying. And he says, that's my story. Wow. And the best thing we can do, uh, the best thing women can do really is encourage your husband, your spouse, your significant other to go. Yeah. Because this is what guys are going to say. It's going to cost too much money. I can't go into therapy. Why am I giving away money for somebody to come and tell me about myself? Right. Mm -hmm. Babe. I don't care. It, yep. We're going to spend it. Yep. Let's just do it. We're doing this for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, see, I want to see. I Can I say ASS on here? Sure. sure. <laughs> I want to unlock the badass inside of you. Girl, yes. if you tell that to your man, he's going to be like, oh, what? You want to <laughs> unlock what? You see me as a badass? Like, seriously? <laughs> because one of the things is, Women's, uh, uh, women sometimes tend to reinforce the fear that the men have. Yeah. You know, we reinforce, hey, you, you should really go talk to somebody. You know, you, you just haven't been yourself lately. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I just really want you to, to, to get connected to your emotions. And those things, guys are like, hell no, I don't want to do none of that. Yeah. But if you're like, babe, every time I see you, I'm just like, oh, there's more. There's more in this guy. Yeah. And I feel like you're holding back. Holding back, babe? What are you talking about holding back? Yeah. Dude, you got more. I yeah. see it. And I want you to unlock the badass in you. Because you know what? I want you to be so excited about life that you want to come home and literally rip my clothes off. You, That dude would be like... <laughs> okay, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Right. Should I go, to go to that event? I'm going. Okay, bags are packed. I'm gone. When we empower men, so that I think that's the greatest oh. thing to do is empower your husband yeah. and don't emasculate him yeah. in your right. desire to help him grow. Right. I am totally like, 
you're speaking to me because I tend to go that emotional route with my spouse. Mm-hmm. Like, is there something that you want to talk about with me? Like, yeah. That's just how I'm wired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciate the fact that I'm, I'm super close to Jamie, my husband, but like, I, I feel like as a wife, he needs, he doesn't need to talk to me about all of his man things. Like that's what his man people should, should be there. For <laughs> man <now>. people. Those <laughs> like man, men. Kind of like you said, only another man can truly dig down and get in, and speak to you to each other all kind of similar to us as women like we just are wired to know what's Mm -hmm. going on in your brain um Mm -hmm. so that's that's yeah that's like eye-opening to me that I do do that with him like this touchy-feely like let's talk about it like Mm -hmm. that's not what's gonna that's not what's going to empower you. Yeah. Like you said, I think as women, we, we are drawn to fix things. Like we yes. fix things. And I mean, I remember people telling me this, like in pre-marriage counseling, like you are not going to be able to change your husband. You're not yeah. going to be able to fix them. And truly like, it's not our job as a right. wife to fix them. Like, and that's telling them that there's something that, that there's something broken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We all have broken parts, but Um, the one that does the fixing and like you said and you gave us so much good insight like we can empower them like by our words building them up maybe stroking their ego a little bit 100% help them walk in the direction where they're going to figure it out on their own and I think nothing feels better in your life than when you have confronted your problems and you are the one that gets to see the breakthrough and you get to take the ownership for that. So for us wives to feel like we can actually fix anything, we just, we need to lay that down. Yeah. Right. But- and I, f- I feel like I need to share this because I, I know um, society right now, uh, people can take words shared very wrongly. Yeah. And th- there's two things that I want I want to share with you guys. I'm not talking about manipulating your husband. Right. I'm I'm really talking about truly believing in your husband's growth, believing yeah. in his success mm-hmm. and desiring for him to feel alive. Yeah. And when, because when he feels alive, the whole house will feel alive. Yeah. You know, men, men do carry um, like a thermostat. Yeah. Countenance, because when they're irritable, then the whole house is irritable. Mm -hmm. When they're sad, then the whole house is sad. But when they're excited, when they're full of life, when they're playful, then everybody's feeling it. It's just it, it's just that way. And so women, we're not saying that you can't help your husband in terms of being there for him and supporting him. There, there's a lot of guys who are touchy feely and who will respond to that. But there's also a lot of guys. And what I've seen is the majority of if you make them feel that they're broken It'll literally, it'll truly break them down because now they feel like they're not a man anymore. And that wall automatically go up. Yeah, and they'll bottle that up. And what they're hearing is you're not good enough. Yeah. You're not what I desire. You're not who I want. And when men feel that way, then it just comes to, I am literally just a robot. I take care of the, I go to work, I take care of that. And some women work as well too, but for the guy, it's like, and that's even worse though. I'll tell you when both of the spouses work and then she's emasculating him because all he's thinking of is like, well, then who you're, who are you looking at? That's actually, you're, you're feeling attracted to. Cause honestly, so let me say this ladies, this is, this is free. This is a freebie right here. Men, are some of the most emotional, if not the most emotional species out there. Yeah. We are so emotional. We just show it in a different way. Yeah. We love watching boxing and MMA because that's a way to vicariously express the emotion that I'm feeling inside. Yeah. Like, 
we love fast cars and doing all those things because it helps us channel and connect to our emotions. Yeah. So loving your husband well is telling him it's okay to experience all those amazing, thrilling things, but allow him to know that they all come from the inside. Yeah. And not from external experiences. Yeah. That's That's why men work 30, 40 years and then go buy a hot rod Mm. or a motorcycle when they're 65. Do you know why? Because they've had bottled up emotions and they need something to uh, release the thrill. Yeah. 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 That's why people are married all the men marry all these years. A lot of the times, you know, not, and this is not statistical, but I see a lot of men get to an older age and that's when they decide to cheat because ultimately I've done everything. I've raised my kids. I've raised everybody. So now it's time for me to feel. I was going to say, they just want to feel something. And it's, it's never about, and uh, women do it too, but I'm just saying like for a, from a guy's perspective, most of the times they've been told they're broken by their spouse. Yeah. They've been told they're broken by society. Mm-hmm. Cause when you, whenever you go to a men's conference, ladies, something that y'all don't, y'all may not know when we go to some of these, especially these Christian men's conference, mm-hmm. we just beat up on, yeah. we just made to feel like we're crap. Yeah. Like we're not good enough. Yeah. They will never do it. And then we're supposed to leave all empowered. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can grow. Men need to be reminded that, you know what? You are strong. Why? Because you have survived. Yeah. Yeah. You are worthy. You've done the best that you possibly could. Yes, we could all grow more. And you know what? It's good. Unlock those things. Find those environments to unlock those things. Mm -hmm. And I'll help you and we'll pay for it and we'll save and I'll go, I'll go get a job. I'll go do, I'll go get a second job. Like, let's make sure you get to be the man that you've always wanted, not the one that I always want want because I already have you. I wouldn't be here if I didn't love you, but it's time for you to become the man you've always wanted. Right. And I'm telling you when a man hears that from their wife, they're like, you really love me. Yeah. Because now they get out of this thing like, because men, oh gosh, this, oh, this is toxic masculinity to me. Happy wife, happy life. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. Because if you're dying, then life is not happy. No, no, no. I love that because it's really just, it's, it takes it away from being about us as the wives. Cause I think sometimes we can get a little selfish. Like if you were only better, everything would be better. But we, as like Christian wives and wanting the best for our husbands, wanting God's best for them Mm -hmm. and wanting them to live fully and like live alive. Um, it's about letting them know you, I want you to do this for you. I want you to feel the full capacity. I want you to feel the full life, the the beautiful things, the things that you're passionate about. Like, mm-hmm. I want that for you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think about for many of us, like my husband's my best friend, like been my best friend for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Like we've known each other since we were five. It's amazing. Parts. I feel like we just know each other inside out. And I want nothing more than for my best friend, like my husband to have the life that God wants for him and the life that he desires. And nothing would make me more happy than to see him a hundred percent, like not hitting the, not hitting the ceiling, but like going past it, you know? So I think as wives, if we can look at it like that, like wanting everything for them. Yeah. And not, can I tell you the response would be uh, real quick. I'll just say the response would be when he realized, when he, is the best of who he is, he's going to give you the best of who he is. A lot of times people are afraid. Well, if he discovers, and this is very true, and being a pastor and counseling women and men and couples and all of this, what I've recognized for a lot of individuals, 
men and women, mm-hmm. if my spouse becomes better, they'll not think I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. the attention is going to leave me. Yeah, and right. so what we're actually doing is we're keeping our spouse small. Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately we see ourselves as small. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, men are trying to keep their spouse wives small because man, if she totally gets in shape and she becomes a badass with her podcast and, and does all this type of stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to be seen anymore. Mm -hmm. She's going to be, you know, hobnobbing with all these other individuals or, and then the women are like, well, if my husband, you know, if he gets in shape, if he does this and all of a sudden all these women are going to want to start talking to him. And what if he doesn't stay with me? What if I don't look good enough? Yeah. Right. But what we're afraid of is ultimate, is ultimately crap that's going on inside of us. Right. Right. But mm-hmm. if we just empower each other, both men and women empower each other to be the best of who we are. Mm-hmm then that person will, will know and have an experience of like, you champion this. Yes. You help build me up. Yeah. You wanted this for me. And so I want more for you as well, too. We, yeah. we rise by lifting others. Yeah. We, yeah. When we go up, we bring the other person up with us. Yeah. It's never like, I'm going to shoot up here and you're going to stay down here. Like, right. I, in every aspect of life, whether it's friendships, marriages, any kind of relationship, if we feel an intimidation by somebody else's success or somebody else's wholeness, mm-hmm. then we stay in a, in a toxic, negative place that yeah. will, in fact, make us even lower than we want to be. Right. But when yeah. we embrace somebody else's healing, somebody else's yeah. success, somebody else's forward movement that yeah. it moves us forward with them yeah and there's Absolutely. Not, i think remembering and like remembering that there's nothing wrong or broken about our spouses there's nothing mm-hmm. that needs to be done so that you can you are you are already like it's already inside of you you just have to you have to just touch it you have to yeah you have to unlock it you have to unlock yeah. it and I feel like that's something I'm guilty of, like this need to like fix, or I think if you did this and this would make this better, but it's already in him. It's already in my spouse. It's, it's something that he has to unlock and, and look at and just making sure that he understands that I love him. I already love him. I'm already here. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm so moved by what you've said. It's incredible. So Muda, with everything that you've told us, how I, I think a lot of men that listen to this might be interested to know, how have you personally formed a community around you that you felt comfortable confronting mm-hmm. these like blind spot areas, these, these hard heart issues, mm-hmm. the yeah. past stuff? How, how did you form that kind of community so that you were able to confront, yeah, confront the things and go a little bit deeper? Yeah, man, I've been fortunate. I've been blessed to have really good friends. When the older I got, I realized the more insular I became, the more I was just focused on going to work and focused on my kids and focused on my wife. And I realized very quickly that, oh my gosh, I don't have any other relationships in my life. And so one thing that I made a decision personally was I was going to keep good guys in my life, Mm -hmm. guys who who inspired me, guys who encouraged me, guys who I would want to be like, guys who I'd want my sons to be like. Mm -hmm. And it was through these relationships where this opportunity came up where a friend of mine said, hey, um, I'm doing this thing and would you like to come? You know, would you, you want to participate in this? And I said no for quite some time for the same reasons. Every other guy would say no, dude, I'm not going to sit there and kumbaya with you guys, whatever. But when I went and experienced what I experienced, 
-hmm. I went and I found other guys who I knew who needed to go through this experience. Mm -hmm. And then we went through it together. And so when we came back now, instead of me going through this experience singularly and coming back, I'm like, oh, this was great. And it's, I was in California. I went to California for this. Right. So yeah. like I come back and I'm like, oh, well, there's nobody here who because it, it literally changes transformation changes not only our interior it begins to change our exterior as well too because it changes our language it changes how we show up and so as my language changed i needed to be around and surrounded by individuals who understand my new linguistic track yeah wow and so when my when my friends guys who i wasn't even close to like literally i just said dude i think you should go to this and i wasn't even really tight with the individual i was just like I want more for you because when we want more for the people, like you were saying, if we raise yeah. up the people up, we raise up as well too. Yeah. And so they went through this and everyone was like, thank you. Like I needed this in my life. And through that now we're able to go to, through this raw, real experience together. I'm telling you the way we talk to each other, it's like, there's no, there's no small talk. <laughs> there's, let me tell you what happened. We're at a restaurant, and so we've committed to meet once a month as the guys, and we just process with each other. Hey, how how's life? You know, how are you showing up? We don't we don't we don't ask each other how are you doing. It's like how are you being? Yeah. How are you showing up? Yeah. Because a lot of times, dude, how are you doing? It's like I'm good. Yeah. But yeah. if I'm like, hey, how are you being? How are you showing up? Now it gets me a moment where I'm like, oh, how am I? How have I been showing up? You know, what are the people around me? What am I seeing based off of what they're experiencing from me? You know, we, we're these, we're like nine of us sitting at this restaurant and there are these women who are sitting across from us. They were there before we got there. They finished their food, they paid their bill and they literally just sat there like this, just <laughs> listening to us. Yeah. And then they're like, who, they're like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Like what, like what men talk like this? Yeah. You know? And it was so refreshing and it's been so refreshing to be around these guys. And so your question is, how did I create this community? I just invited other people along the journey. Yeah. Because I didn't want to hoard transformation. Right. Awesome. So is this event something that, I guess, yeah, does it happen monthly? Is it local? I mean, yeah, I- Yeah, so one of the things we're doing is, go ahead, I'm so sorry. No, I was just to say, I feel like our listeners may be interested in getting <laughs> yeah. um, information about it. And I'll tell you, the whole point on being on this show was not for me to sell this thing. No. <laughs> Honestly, no, like no. this is just, this was just my journey. Yeah. This is my journey. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you guys my experience, my journey. Yeah. And- yeah. Um, it was absolutely phenomenal. We are working on bringing it to Michigan because it takes place in California. It takes place in Florida. And yeah. so we were just like, guys, we need, we need to have it here. So we've, we've held it one time here, but we just made it better. And so, um, yeah, if anybody wants to learn more, follow me on Instagram. Um, I, I am Mutamwenya. It's hard to remember. So maybe you can put in the show notes or something like that. Um, And just reach out and I'll let you know about it. Like I would tell you, your husbands absolutely need to go. Yeah. It's, it, it was, it was like, this is how it go. This is how my life is gone. Um, And I, I, this sounds so bad because when my wife and I got married, like I told you the first five years were Armageddon. When we got married, it was not a highlight. It was like, it was a, it was a business decision. We were like, we both went to college together. Our parents both like each other. We're both Christians. We love Jesus and we want all the same things. And it's probably that we should just get married, you know? And it wasn't like this lovey-dovey, oh my gosh. Like it started out that way. Then it went to crap in our relationship. But our relationship is so much greater, Mm -hmm. so much more full so much more love. I wouldn't want to be with anybody else than the one I'm, a woman I'm with. But I say that to say my experience was being reborn as a believer, becoming yeah. a Christian and being baptized 
and then going through this experience. Yeah. Like That's, this is how impactful it was for my life. There was a pastor there who says, this is the second best thing to baptism. Wow. Like, because you just become so aware. And my, my family has just, oh God, we've just been blessed by, and, and the transformation never stops, y'all. Yeah. Sorry. So I'll let you guys know if you guys have any questions. Um, and I'll, I'll let you guys know as well too, uh, ladies, uh, for sure. Would love to see your husbands go through this experience. And um, yeah, transformation is real. It's needed and it doesn't stop. Well, thank you so much for your honesty and just perspective yes. on everything. It's honestly changed. I've had a heart change today. Um, so I just really appreciate you coming on here and talking with us and being open with us. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like I've had a lot of mind blown moments and I know that this is going to be so impactful for yeah. a lot, a lot of men and wives. Yeah, for so. sure. Thank you so, yeah, so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I feel bad because you guys said you guys had 30 minutes and I've talked for like 45. Hey, so I, I apologize. Listen, I can listen okay. to you talk for hours, that just means <laughs> That just means we get to have a part two sometime. Yeah. Come on, let's do it. Faith and I want to take a road trip down the Niles and come see you, you preach Yes. Sometime. Hey, I mean, we would love to host you all. Yeah, we, we follow Relevant Church. Um, on Instagram and you guys, I just said to Leah before we started, I was like, his church looks so heightened. I just want to stop it. <laughs> hey, every time I have family down in Indiana and oh, sweet. everyone all the way down and every time we pass Niles, I'm like, Muda, Muda's church. Yes. <laughs> like, hey, on one of those trips down, you may not even become, be on a Sunday, just stop by, let's do lunch. You know, <laughs> yeah, my yeah. wife would love to hang out with you guys yeah. as well too. Like that, she she is the real hero because honestly, y'all, she championed me to do all these things. Well, we and were actually talking like it'd be cool if she would, if we could talk to her too. Oh, absolutely. She'll tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you know what? She has been an absolute gem and is literally the hero of the story because everything that I told you guys, what, yeah. how to approach, you know, your husband, that's what she did for me. That's what empowered me to say, hey, I can do this. I can be more, you know? And so, yeah, she's, she's the real MVP. Okay, mamas, thank you for spending a little bit of your time with us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every time we make a new upload. We want to spark a little joy in your earbuds and in your carpool line. Also, if you're looking for more ways to connect with Life and Bloom Co., you can find us on Instagram at the Life and Bloom Co. and also on Facebook at the same name. Until next time.